Well, good morning again. Uh, Pastor John and Lynn, I have a much uh, deserved week off this week, and so I get to introduce um, our speaker this morning, uh, Dr. Jacob Kaufman. Uh, many of you know him or will recognize him when he gets up here. Um, he's very involved in this church. He's an active member. He's been attending here since 1995 um, and is a faithful steward of the time and the talents that the Lord has blessed him with. Um, him and his wife, Bobby, uh, serve in a lot of different ways in our church and bless our community. Um, they love serving on worship teams, they love teaching, um, and they love uh, being a part of the kids' ministry here, among the many things that they do. Jacob is the chief academic officer, or uh, more commonly known as the, um, perhaps, dean of academics here at uh, Central Christian College here in town. Um, and he has, a, he has a master's of degree in Christian thought from Bethel Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, and a doctorate of worship studies. This is the kind of person that you want on your worship team right here. He has a doctorate of worship studies from uh, Robert Weber Institute of Worship Studies. And he wanted me to let you know that he really loves, above all else, spending time with Bobby and their four kids, Sage, Violet, Jet, and Steele. I consider Jacob to not only be a co-laborer in Christ, um, but a colleague, a friend, and a role model. So would you join me in welcoming up to the platform Dr. Jacob Kopp? Good to see you, man. Thank you. Yep. Hello, everybody. It's great to see you all. Thanks for weathering the storm. You who are online, I can't see you, but I'm thankful that you are participating with us in our church. As uh, Connor said, um, I am not John Black. Blessings to them as they travel and everything else. And I also just want to do a quick shout out to my brother Jeremy, who's serving the Lord um, as well. Love you, man. Praying for you. Um, as you know, um, we've been preaching on Proverbs. So last week we, we did the first uh, section, or first half of the book, on John spoke on wisdom. And, and a couple weeks before that ago, he came and asked me if I would preach on the second book. Uh, part of the book of Proverbs, chapters 22 through 31, and I'm humbled, and I just pray for your grace today as we bring this message. But today's Valentine's Day. Look at there. That's St. Valentine. I know, it kind of looks like Jesus, um, but that is St. Valentine. He gets confused uh, sometimes, but this is an icon of him, and um, he is a, um, a mysterious saint. We know some things about him, but uh, some of it is just... Um, according to um, the legend or things that have been passed down. But he was a, a priest and physician who suffered martyrdom uh, and was because of Claudius II around 270 A.D. And um, also, a couple interesting things about him is that he um, signed a letter from your Valentine to his jailer's daughter whom he had befriended and had healed from blindness and um, uh, other legends say that he um, defied the emperor's orders and secretly married couples to spare them from going to war. So there's your uh, St. Valentine a little bit. You can do some more research on him, as you said. But this next picture is my Valentine. That is my wife and myself. Um, we were married here in 2004. And, you know, the funny thing is I think I'm standing in the exact same spot as this picture was taken. And um, the amazing thing is we look about the same. So, um, so uh, at least she does. So happy Valentine's Day, honey. She, they're at home. Um, 
But I just wanted to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day, especially you love bugs out there. Um, but today is a great day, a great time. I say all this just to really say, reach out to those whom you love today. Um, of course, your significant others, but maybe your moms, dads, kids, grandkids, and especially reach out to those who may be feeling lonely. Um, this is a hard time, the weather and so forth. So give them a call and share the love of Christ with them today if you, uh, if you can think of it. So my family does love countryside. This is a place that um, I kind of grew up in, at least later on in my uh, adolescence. My wife and I are thankful for the church staff because when it comes down to it, like some of you there, we are in, our jobs right now is to raise our children, right? Um, we, we take that seriously and we're thankful for that and we are thankful for a church where our children can grow in the Lord and uh, your children and grandchildren as well. And... Um, uh, so Wednesday nights are an evidence of that, but we are blessed because they get to learn what it means to follow Christ here at this church. Amen? And uh, so thank you, staff, and I want to thank you, church, because you are um, speaking into their lives and you're giving them wisdom. That's what we're talking about. You're giving them wisdom to, um, to uh, live in this world I would like to uh, just take a little bit of time to pray, so if you would pray with me here. Guide us, O oh God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find wisdom, and in your will, discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, well, as mentioned, I am uh, preaching a sermon and piggybacking on last week's uh, Sermon on Wisdom, and I, I wanted to take a little bit different approach um, to uh, this sermon in light of uh, John's sermon last week. Um, you do... Um, uh, well, when I was in, oh, I don't know, maybe almost seven to eight years ago in seminary, I took a course called um, Theology and Literature. And in that uh, class, I had to read a book called Pilgrim's Progress. Who, raise your hand if you've read Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, all right, good. Um, it's by John Bunyan, and um, it's a classic. So um, for some people, you, if you do want to read it, it, um, it might take a little bit um, uh, more discipline, but um, they, anyways, all that to be said, that um, when I was thinking about this sermon, uh, I wanted to use an element that John Bunyan used in Pilgrim's Progress to talk a little bit about uh, what it would be like to actually walk through Proverbs as if it was a city, okay? So for example, I'll be inter interacting with people like the fool, but I will just call him fool, right? So today, what I'm calling story time, my goal is to take you on a journey as if I actually walked through the city of Proverbs, talking with individuals. So I'm asking you just to prepare your heart a little bit for that and to let your mind just kind of be imaginative in those ways. And remember, you just have me for this one week, so if you're new here, next week you'll have Pastor John back. So there you go. You can... Um, 
But I do, before I get to that, I just want to recap a little bit. Um, we've been reading through uh, the Psalms, Lamentations, Song of, and Song of Solomons. Uh, Psalms was a great book, and we're actually continuing to read that next week. Uh, but we've read through the first four books found in Psalms, and these are really important because they're prayers to the Lord's and they're hymns, they're laments, they're individual and corporate songs that express, they really express our entire emotions, right? So anything from happy to lost to joy, all those things can be found in the Psalms and gives us some really great language for us who may be experiencing those different feelings. Lamentations is an interesting book, probably not the first book that you would read when you'd open up the scriptures, but, but after Judah has been demolished by the powerhouse Babylon, a broken and destitute nation, a hopeless late nation, laments their sins. They cry for a seemingly silent God, and um, they su they're suffering physical hunger and brutality, and they still have a bit of hope in God. So we see that a little bit in the middle of the book and in the end of the book. Song of Solomon, uh, another book that um, I was glad I didn't have to preach on today. Um, but Valentine's Day, right? So today's Valentine's Day. This is an important book because it goes deep and it proves that God had a design for man and woman and by them coming together in a romantic relationship is really one of God's best ideas. And that's found in the book of the Hebrew Bible. Next week, we'll be reading Ecclesiastes along with Psalms, but Ecclesiastes is Solomon's approach to life, and he says an existential statement such as, like, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And uh, maybe this is an appropriate sort of book for us to go through during Lent, right? To kind of just wrestle with those words. And then we'll continue on the next two weeks with Job. And we'll talk about Job as he suffers loss. Um, and as he works through questions with God. And works with questions with well-intended friends. And again, this will be an important book for us. As we're, we're in Lent going towards the, the journey to the cross with our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ and ultimately his resurrection. But Proverbs, that's where we are right now. Proverbs. Uh, the, Proverbs and the rest of the Old Testament, there, there seems to be a little bit of difference. And let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. So a lot of our Old Testament prophet books, um, specifically the prophets is what I'm talking about, tells us that if a nation does what is right before God, right, the nation will succeed and blessing will come by honoring the Lord. Again, as a nation. For example, when we read Lamentations, the author, most likely Jeremiah, poured out his heart and lamented on behalf of the entire nation. The nation must repent. And no doubt the law is found in the, the Pentateuch, um, specifically when you read Deuter the book of De Deuteronomy, was a nation that had to follow the Lord. There seemed to be a vertical relationship between God and the people of Israel. God and the people of Israel. And there was this vertical relationship where the whole, when the people in their entirety obeyed the laws corporately, God's favor was upon them. Okay? But Proverbs. Proverbs is just a little bit different. 
it seemed to, seems to take a different approach. You see, Solomon and the other contributors of the book seems to start with the individual. It could be said that if the individual does what's right, then it benefits the entire community. For example, when I live a just and wise life, it creates a positive experience for those around me and honors the Lord. The book of Proverbs lands more on the horizontal relationships between me and my community. It seems to be shaping men and women into useful members of society. And we're talking about socially speaking and also religiously. Religious, yeah. These Proverbs, of course, are cherished, are cherished sayings, and they're practical, and they're very ordinary, much like those kind of catchphrases that maybe your grandparents would say around you. They're, they're the kind of language that you are comfortable with, right? So they're ordinary sayings, but they also have like an extraordinary, extraordinary, and maybe extraordinary, however that works out, but there's a depth to them that goes beyond just the sayings themselves. And not only is there a depth to them, but there's a time-tested depth to them. I mean, it's really powerful that we're reading these Proverbs that were written many, 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 many years ago with Solomon, and we can read them now and still understand them and seem to make sense of them. Though they're not all real simple. There's some contextual things that are happening there. But for some of them, we're like, oh, right? We have these aha moments. Oh, that is true. But I think one of the most interesting things about the book is that it allows us to ask ourselves questions. Questions like, who am I? Do I have good character? Am I a good person? Do I make good choices? And who am I listening to for advice? And I think that maybe the most powerful question that maybe that's most timely for right now is asking the question, what really is the good life? What really is the good life? Of course, many of the Proverbs are written by Solomon, but his father was King David. And uh, in our readings, uh, Psalm 101, I think that David does a nice job of kind of capturing the things, the, the most profound things in Psalm, or excuse me, in Proverbs. So I'm going to read this and just kind of imagine with me. Uh, King David writing these things down in light of all these Proverbs. He says, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with a song. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come and help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas, and I will stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride, and I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above approach will be allowed to, to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my home, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task 
will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. The word of the Lord. That is in Psalm 101. But now I want to kind of prepare us for a little story time. Recently, I had the privilege of, of traveling a journey, I would say, into Proverbs. And there are all kinds of people in Proverbs. There are the wise and the fool. There are the rich counselor, excuse me, the wise counselors, the rich and the poor, the enemy, friends, the virtuous wife, and even the stalking adulterers. And it is a truly strange place in that way. And if you have not been or read through, Pro, read through Proverbs, uh, what am I, this story time might feel a little bit like watching the movie before reading the book. But that's okay. That's okay. But for me, this seemed like the best way to communicate the book of Proverbs, specifically 22 through 31. So let me introduce you to a few of my friends that, and a few people that I met as I journeyed through Proverbs. The first one is fool. As I entered Proverbs, wide-eyed and amazed at the beauty of the city, I walked through the streets and entered a location where the most interesting people were gathered. I, I believed it was in the center of the city, and I encountered an interesting person who at first caught my ear and eye because of their interesting comments. But as I continued to listen to them, I soon became confused. In conversation, I thought I might contribute to the discussion, and I did give my two cents. To my surprise, he responded with a bit of irritation. I asked him his name, and he told me that his name was Fool. As our conversation continued, I noticed that we soon lost track of the subject at hand in our conversation it just started continuing into arguing and arguing. I tried to move on, but the fool, he was insistent on quarreling, soon venting his anger and speaking without thinking. I felt myself tremendously perplexed. You see, knowing that I, if I did not answer the fool's arguments, my accuser would become wise in their own estimation. Yet at the same time, by answering the fool's arguments, I would become as foolish as him. Finally, one wise woman was able to speak to the fool on my behalf with confidence. The truth of the matter, with an honest word that would normally penetrate the heart of the humble. But the fool with glassy eyes did not allow the wisdom to soak into his sun-dried heart. Instead, the fool cursed the woman and despised the wise advice. But she had saved me, the poorest of poor at the time. And how grateful I was that she opened her arms to me, the poor and needy. I left the scene with a woman who came to my rescue. Concerned, I asked her if she had recovered from this seemingly violent situation. And she told me that fool had a shameful leech called pride attached to his heart. Some have been deceived that the fool is wise, even those in political and religious power, but they soon learn that any kind of association, a place of honor, employment, or trusting the fool with just a simple message is like cutting off one's legs or drinking poison. Such violent words surprised me. 
and, and with deep sorrow, she looked at me and said, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats its foolishness. Well, I thanked the woman for her time, and as I left, she quickly grabbed me by the arm to what, to, and, and, and warned me. She said, watch out for the fool's friends, angry, drunkard, adulterer, and lazy. She told me that they plant dangerous traps and they plant these and then calls guests like me to a seemingly wonderful place. But once you get hooked in that place, you will be committing all kinds of sins with them. And once you're trapped in that sin, lazy, lazy will keep you from any productive activity and your sin will overtake you. Well, I thanked her for her advice, and she left to find her husband who met at the city gate. I had no other choice but to continue on my journey through Proverbs. As I reflected on the character of evil found in fool and fool's friends, I became afraid and concerned that I might fall. But as I, my steps continued, I started to realize that it was only by God's grace that I had not sunk to the depths of their sins and offerings. I realize I'm only one step away from falling into this sin. I soon became a little bit nervous and actually quite terrified and continued my thirst for wisdom, a guiding light of any kind. Rich and poor. My perception of reality and the dangers and snares that the woman told me about brought about a deep fear in my already timid heart. I continued my journey walking on the sides of the streets and in the shadows. I began to notice that just like all towns, Proverbs required people to encounter just civic life. Interacting with one another on a day-to-day -day basis. Some people interacted wisely, some people unwisely. I first saw the rich and the poor, and I pondered how God had made them both. As I watched from the distance, my heart sunk as I saw the rich oppressing the poor, just to get ahead. I saw one rich man, and just behind him was a line of greedy followers who would seem to do anything to be as rich as him. You know, their drool was the biggest giveaway. But not all the rich were doomed. Some on the fringes, some, were, some on the fringes had their hearts bent towards the poor, and their faces were hopeful, and they seemed to lack nothing. They were willing to seek justice for the poor. And as I saw the poor, some were hopeful and some were hateful. And I, and I, I sat in this irony. As I looked at the rich man leading those who wanted to be rich, I could see that the poor, those who were content in their poverty, could see right through the rich man's disciples. They seemed to understand contentment. No doubt, much is to be said about wisdom in our interaction with the poor and the rich. Friends and enemies. As I continue to walk through Proverbs, I, I encountered two friends take it, talking about the day. Seeing them talk made me miss my beloved friends. I could tell the relationship was truly cherished. They were at a point where one woman was advising her friend, but the words seemed difficult for the friend to hear. They seemed to cut yet heal faster than the time it took for the blade to penetrate the skin. The conversation soon turned sweet, strong, 
a love that does not abandon. And these two friends were sharpening one another. But then out of nowhere, a person started to speak violently to the woman who was receiving the counsel. And after some time of abuse, the two friends stood up and they just left. And they walked, and as they walked past me, I heard one say to the other, you just wait, soon she will be as broken as a cracked pot. When she's there, we will give her the food and water to drink. I was awestruck by their response. Wife of noble character. As I carried on my way and as I was about to leave Proverbs, I noticed the kind woman who saved me from my folly of the fool and provided the great advice by the city gate. Out of nowhere, someone tapped me on the shoulder and they asked me if I had met the wife of noble character. Well, I told her yes. Proceeded to tell her my story. My friend just smiled and I asked her what her name might be and she told me her name was Wise Counselor. She sat down and I followed and she told me some of the wife's virtues. How she, how she worked hard, takes care of her family, helps with the poor and needy. Her entrepreneurship, kindness and fearlessness in times of turbulence. Truly her children bless her and her, husband's praise, and her husband praises her and ultimately she fears the Lord. Well, I was amazed. And the wise counselor who I'd been listening to looked, turned and looked at me and said, but what is it that you need? Well, I was quiet. I reviewed my life and even the journey I've had that day through Proverbs. And my response, much like your response, was simple. It said, I need wisdom. We all need wisdom. She looked at me, and she responded with these words. She said, my child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction." Keep your heart on the right course. The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. She stopped for a moment, and then she continued and said, but for you, you personally, listen to this. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. She said, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. Well, I sat there and I pondered, pondered these proverbs given to me by wise counselor, knowing that while my journey through proverbs was quite short, I still have a long journey in life 
And I have a great privilege of revisiting and studying these Proverbs throughout my whole life. Truly, these words can shape me over time. Well, I want to thank you for imagining that story with me. But I do know that I need wisdom during this time. What is folly and what is virtuous? You see, that's what the Proverbs is all about, shaping me into a a God-fearing man who infects my local community, starting with my nuclear family, Sage, Violet, Jet, and Steel, and my wife, but then reaching out to you, the church here at Countryside, then at work at Central Christian College where I work with faculty, staff, and students, and then eventually here in McPherson, my local community, whether I'm at the YMCA or the grocery store or whether I'm going on a walk around the park seeing my friends. I need wisdom. No doubt we can find evil in our little community. In fact, we can really find evil just by pulling out our little phones. Amen? But truly, God has blessed us with virtuous and wise people here in our own community as well. So the question that I think is being asked is, what voices are we listening to? Who is speaking truth into our lives? And I'm afraid that much of our knowledge that turns into action comes from what we often hear in our media and online. I'm afraid that we are becoming comfortable, what I call escapist Christians, living, leaving, excuse me, leaving the problems of the world behind or any issues and escaping by being entertained to death. I'm also afraid that being isolated bends our hearts towards cynicism, anger, and impatience towards one another. These are things that I am prone to. And while I'm not sure of your specific weaknesses, I do know that if you, if I want wisdom, it really does start with the fear of the Lord. And we can discover that fear of the Lord in scriptures. And it can start with the Proverbs. But I also know that the Lord has given us this body of believers, us here together, the church. So I encourage you to find other voices that are seeking the same goal as you. Meet together, read scripture together, confess your sins together, pray with one another, and speak truth into one another's lives using the Proverbs, using the scriptures. And no doubt, this is where we will create intentional and meaningful relationships. Because I'm the opinion that we have to work for these relationships in this time, in this place. Because isolated hearts, it's difficult to sharpen one another. So this is my challenge to you. I believe that this is much of the Proverbs challenge to you, is to find a place to overcome and to find wisdom. Because you and I are on a journey, and the question is, are we calling wisdom? I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up and continue to lead us for a time of response as we consider 
what the Lord might be calling us to on this day.